0: Welcome to Walk Around the Block, where today we'll run through some quick hits and talk about coexisting with wildlife. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, So I just burned some rice. (laughs) So do I know how to make rice? Yes, of course I know how to make rice. Um, Was I paying attention to my rice as I was making it? No, I was definitely not which led to it being burned. Um I was thinking today, like today kind of feels like one of those days, right? And then I realized I thought the same thing yesterday. So maybe it's just like one of those weeks. We will get through it together. <laughs> okay, so but but first I do have to say this. This may not be in the spirit of getting through it, but okay, so my neighborhood has this weekly newsletter with whatever goings on are going on. And I am one of the people who always reads the newsletter. I feel like the world is split into like two types of people, you know, like the ones who read the newsletters and the ones who don't, right? I am one of the ones who read the newsletters, so I read it. And I actually, I will say I enjoyed today's newsletter a lot. They're going to start including recipes, which I'm totally here for. Today's was white chicken chili. It's a crockpot recipe. looks pretty simple, pretty good. I will probably try it. However... (laughs) However, they also included this little tidbit and I quote, It was underneath the picture and it said, Get out there and enjoy the sunset this evening, as it is the last sunset. We will have past seven PM till April twenty twenty one. I was like, What? Is that true is that true? I don't know if that's true. Usually I Google these types of things immediately to confirm, but with this one I like refused. I feel like I feel like I might have been okay not knowing that until like well after the fact and so I don't want to know it now. So, okay. So, on that note, we're going to jump around uh to some to some other hopefully more optimistic things. So, first you uh you might notice that my sound is much better. I'm sure it won't surprise any of us that it took me multiple guesses and tries to figure that out. And I'm sure it also won't surprise any of us that i fixed it by literally hitting one thing. Like not a button, but sort of sort of the same concept. So yeah. So <laughs> there's that. So today i am uh i'm testing out two different under eye concealers. Um i have mentioned before that this is a never ending pursuit that i fully expect to last my lifetime, but that does not stop me from trying, of course so the one that I had used for the past few years got discontinued. So, you know, now I'm like back to square one, trying a few different ones. And I have one under one eye and one under the other, which have you ever done that? Like so that you can compare. So I have, and the tricky part is remembering like which one is which, which I would say probably half the time I forget. So I did really well this time and made sure I remembered really, really burned it into my brain. And unfortunately, though, I would say the verdict so far is neither of them is good. Neither of them is the pick Um, or both of them, depending, you know, I guess if you're being optimistic because they're equally either equally good or equally not, depending on how you look at it, which kind of makes me wonder, like, are they all the same? Like, if I were to just to to take this whole array of under eye concealers, like, would there be a difference? (laughs) Or would they all be the same? Are they really all the same thing, but they have different packaging, different name, different price So we think we're getting something different? These are some of like the deep thoughts that you kind of come up with <laughs> when you're road testing two different kinds of concealer. Stay tuned for the expose on that one. So finally, my final little note here is, uh, so I was baking a lot in the spring, or I guess I should say like treat making a lot. I was making a lot of um, like sorbet and homemade ice cream, which was all really great. Um, But then it kind of phased out over the summer. Um, And then a couple weeks ago, I like busted out of my slump with these these peanut butter brownies, which I will interject to say, I don't typically make brownies. But for some reason, it just kind of like caught my eye. So it's from Joanna Gaines' latest cookbook, which I actually think is better than the first cookbook in my amateur opinion as someone who burned rice tonight. So I will say up front... (laughs) I guess take it with a grain of salt. No, I will say up front, um, these brownies. So they're they're very good, but they are extremely decadent. Uh, she says her friend's mom makes them for people when they're having a hard time, um, which I think is perfect. I think it's perfect. They're the perfect treat for that. I only made a half batch and they still took longer to get through than probably like anything I've made that I've actually liked and haven't had to, you know stick to the side or whatever, because I cut them into tiny, tiny squares, and you can only have like kind of a, a tiny square or two or, you know, so at a time. Um, That's the first thing that I'll say up front is that they are – they're very good, but they're very decadent. They also require patience, which is not my strong suit. So you have to make the – first layer, then let it cool, then do the second layer, then stick it in the freezer for like a half hour, then make the third layer and stick it in the freezer again for like another half hour. So there, there's like a few steps in this process, but they are, they are really so good. So I'm usually like more of a cookie person than a brownie person. Like not that I don't like brownies cause you know of course, but but typically just for what I make, but I did like them a lot and I would highly recommend them. Um, the recipe is in a couple places online so you can Google it or I'll put it in the show notes, which by the way, in case I haven't mentioned it, which I don't think that I have, everything I mentioned uh, is linked out on the link on my Instagram. So like all the article links and everything like that. So I'll put it there too. Okay. So speaking of articles, so I read this article this week. It was in the New York Times headlined, what to do if a bat gets in your house, which is like kind of like totally up my alley. So it was actually published last week, but I just saw it this week. So what to do if a bat gets in your house? And the subhead in part read a quote that said, bats are like people, they panic and can't calm down, which basically sums up how I feel about the idea of a bat getting in my house. So let's work our way, let's work our way through this. So it starts off by telling you about this woman named Tracy, and she lives in a second floor apartment in Kingston, New York, and one otherwise tranquil night in July, just a few short months ago, she hears a sound in her kitchen. What is it? Oh, a bat, of course. So the story says, "Quote, she did what seemed like the most sensible thing at the time. She went to her bedroom, closed the door and hoped it would somehow disappear." So, I'm going to interject. So I did this on somewhat a scale down. I admittedly a scale down level the other day. So I too went into the kitchen and I did not see a bat, but I did see one of those disgusting like billion-legged centipede type things. Like you know what I'm talking about on my ceiling. Those things are my most loathed insects. Like that is like my number one. That's my number one. It's they're the worst. So the absolute worst. I see it on the ceiling and I'm like, what am I supposed to do about this? Like literally what am I supposed to do about this? They are so fast and so gross. If I do decide to be really ambitious and like get out the step stool and try to knock it into a plastic cup or something, it's either going to race across the ceiling because they are so fast with all those legs, you know? So it's either going to race across the ceiling or it's going to fall and end up in my hair. And then what? And then what? And then I'll tell you what will happen. I will freak out. I will fall off the step stool. I will break something myself, something around me, both of the above. And then we're really not better off at all, are we, (laughs) than if we just left the thing on the ceiling. So I also walked out of the kitchen. I was like, I really don't know what I'm supposed to do with this right now. So I just did nothing. So the problem with that, the problem with that is the next time I walked back into the kitchen, it was gone. And that's the same thing that happened to Tracy. She woke up in the morning and the bat was nowhere to be found. It was gone. A bat. Not just like a little billion legs centipede thing. (laughs) A bat. So she she did she did do something. She left her cat in the kitchen overnight, kind of like, like, you deal with this. I'm going to bed. you take care of this. So she left the cat in the kitchen overnight, but it was not clear that the cat had gotten the bat. says so she says, "I don't know if she killed it and destroyed all the evidence. She doesn't know. There was no crime scene, she says. Cannot even imagine walking out and thinking that's what you're gonna walk into. The best part is that this was not Tracy's first run-in with a bat. So last year, I mean, like this is this is wild. So last year, she she's in her apartment, she looks down, and like at her front door, she looks down and sees this bat wing. A bat wing. I literally just got like creepy crawlies on my arm. She sees this bat wing. Peeking through the bottom of her door. So she goes and gets a Swiffer mop and shoves it out. She just slides that Swiffer mop under there and shoves it out. So then she goes out there and she puts a box on top of it and it tries, it's like trying to work up her nerve to take it outside. So an hour later, she goes back out. She, she's, she's like, I'm ready. I'm ready. And she goes um to go slide something underneath the box to take it outside. And you guessed it, it was gone. However, unlike the first story where it was gone and she didn't know where it went, we have a resolution to this story. So she goes out there and, and she doesn't see it. It's, you know, whatever, nowhere to be found by the time she tried to move it. A few days later, her neighbor – Are you ready for this? Found the bat dead inside her bathroom. (laughs) I mean, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me with this? So the article drops this fun little fact. Two bats can fit through a three quarter inch space. If that, if that does not terrify you, you are a stronger person than I am. I am extremely disappointed, by the way, that this article did not have comments. This is the kind of rabbit hole that is like tailor made for me. Like, you know, 137 other people sharing their, their own little bad stories. I would have been there all day. Okay. So back to the article. So the article gives, um, gives some tips. The president of the Pennsylvania Bat Rescue, who knew, says, (laughs) says, you know, it's really important not to hide. In another room and lose track of the bat, which I thought was kind of funny. Like, okay, <laughs> good to know. So she's like, she says, "Turn down the lights." Which, by the way, is the last thing I would do if I was alone in a room with a bat. Are you kidding me? Um, you're alone in the room with a bat. Why don't you just like hit the lights and look, and then what? Get like bit? Like two seconds later? No, thank you. So turn down the lights open the windows and doors turn on the outdoor lights to draw in the insects cuz that's oh everybody loves to say bats are so great for killing insects and we know so turn on the outdoor lights and if you can get it on the ground it's good because it can't like fly from the ground it has to like <laughs> it has to like drop to in order to fly so it, i guess it like climbs and then it has to like how it gets from like branch to branch or whatever is it kind of drops or whatever Okay. Let's keep going. The article also explains um, you know, how bats get into your house and how you know if you have bats in your house, including a colony, which is 20 or so bats. Uh, how you know if you have one of those, which is all, you know, helpful public service information. This article is really great because it, it also has um not one not two, but three terrifying pictures of bats in the story. Like I have never seen an article with so many pictures. And, you know, honestly, you really only need to see, like, one close-up photo of a bat with its teeth bared to get the message. <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay. So I I had a run-in once with a bat. That sounds so dire, right? So I did, though. I had a run-in once with a bat. First, to set the stage, my old house was backed up by woods, which, you know, it's it's scenic, <laughs> but let's just say our current house is not backed up by woods. So at the top of the pecking order were the bears. So there's always one or two horror stories about the bears. Like they smell cookies baking and bust into the kitchen to help themselves. Or the one, the one, there was this one that uh, this person left their car door open in their garage, I guess, to like run inside for a second. And the bear got inside and accidentally locked itself in the car and then flipped out and ripped out like the whole inside of the car. So you do have those stories, but those are the minority. Like usually the bears just like go around and let you take videos of them while they rifle through your leftover trash. And so for me, like I wanted to take the videos, but I rarely got an opportunity. I did see them out and about, but we only saw a bear like once or twice in our backyard. The rest of the time they came around in the dead of the night. How did we know that they came around in the dead of the night? You may ask. (laughs) I think you know how we knew. I was so mad one day. I was so mad. I was going to work at like five in the morning. And of course I was running late. So I peel out of the garage and... (laughs) And there's trash everywhere, all across the driveway. You know, and by the way, they don't like the produce. <laughs> they like the stale sugar cookies and tostitos. I'm just saying. So I literally, I was in such a rush. Everything was such a mess. And so I went back in the garage and I got like the snow shovel. <laughs> and I start like trying to shovel it back in the can. It did not work. I regret to inform you, but I gave it a try. So there was the bears. You know, the bears. The bears get everyone's attention. But I actually think, contrary to popular belief, the smaller things are more terrifying. A bear, you will probably see coming. A bat that can squeeze with its best friend through a three-quarter inch space, like, no, you cannot. You cannot see that coming. And that, in my opinion, is a real problem. So, okay, so my bat run in. So, like I said, we backed up to woods, so there were always mice around. I hate mice. Mice are the equivalent of those little billion legged insects for me. I really, 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 really hate mice. Like, I hate mice. Um, and I would vent about this at work and people would be like, I don't understand the issue. Like, we live in a wooded area. Of course there are going to be mice here and there. Like, it's no big deal. We get mice every year. Basically, like, you need to settle down. Uh, I literally worked with someone who was like, (laughs) She was like, a mouse, a mouse, like you think that's bad. I think there's a family of raccoons in my attic. <laughs> and I can't, I can't remember how it ended. If there was actually a family of raccoons in her attic, but just the fact that she thought that she had a family racco- of raccoons in her attic kind of shows the scale we're working with but I hated the mice. We're going to get to the bat, but I hated the mice. So we really pulled out all the steps to make sure that they would know that they were not welcome inside the four walls of the actual living establishment. Um, and so, so we did that and then we kept noticing something weird on the side of the front steps. And by weird, I think, you know what I mean? We'll just call it evidence of possible mouse activity. So we call someone to come out because while I did have weeds out there they were like older than a toddler, we were very proactive when it came to possible mice. So someone comes out and they're like, oh, no, that's not mice. That's bats. That's bats. That's bats. And oh, by the way, I was walking around the yard and I saw one on the side of the house. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you know, I like, I like to say that I sweat the small stuff sometimes, but I'm really good in a crisis. Like the small stuff can kind of like get me, but in a if, if there's a crisis, like boom, I'm there. Well, that is only true. If you do not count wildlife coming into your living space, it's a crisis, which I do. So I guess that little theory of mine is wrong. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. There is a bat on the side of the house. So. I mentioned we don't live by the woods anymore. So I drag my husband over to the side of the house and I look and look and sure enough, there it is, this bat hanging off the side of the house right at the top. And I am like, are you kidding me? To the bat, Like I'm talking to the bat. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, are you kidding me? Why are you up there? Go away. And the bat, I'm not even joking, the bat starts screaming at me. I am not kidding. It starts screaming at me. <laughs> I was like, you cannot scream at me. This is my house. <laughs> stop screaming at me. Did it didn't stop? Of course it didn't stop. It's, it's like this terrifying bat screaming at me. So, guess what? It won. I ran away. I totally ran away. So, you know, we had to have someone different come out for the bats because it counts as wildlife. So, we had someone come out and they found one over the garage. But well, fortunately, that was it but there was one night, I can't remember if it was before or after this, where there was like this scratching, this scratching and this noise on the roof all night, all night. Like I had to get up at three in the morning for work and I'm sitting there at like 1.30. Like something is going to drop through the ceiling any second. I mean, literally you could have told me Bigfoot was up there and I would have been like, oh yeah, it totally sounds like it. So yet again, in a panic. <laughs> Call the people, and they came out, and they're like, "Great news! Like great news. There's nothing. There was nothing. There's you know no sign of anything here, No no issues. No no nothing. I, you're good. There's nothing up there. And so like, is that comforting? Like yes, of course. Like that it is comforting, right? But then you're like, are they like warning us? <laughs> Whatever's out there, is it like warning us? Like we're not there yet, but we could be. <laughs> That's kind of how it felt. Oh, so I've obviously had my issues with the 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 creatures of the great outdoors, but you know what? I, I will say this. I walk into the kitchen again the other day, several hours later, after I saw my bug, my enormous, I mean, I, I can't even call it a bug. It's like a small animal. After I saw it on the ceiling, you know, hours after my little billion-legged friend had disappeared, and sure enough, there it was down by the baseboard. After all that time, there it was. So I got my plastic cup and I got it. On that high note, that's it for today's walk around the block. Follow the podcast on Instagram at walktheblockpod or subscribe on Apple Podcasts where you can also leave a review if you feel so inclined. Thank you to all who have left reviews already and I will see you next week.